Hello, and welcome to Traditional Medicine Podcast. I am your host, Carl Lovick. So in the last episode, we talked about who the Kiro are. The Kiro are a Quechua-speaking community that resides in the high Andes Mountains in the region of Pucartambo in Peru. What's so special about the Kiro is that they've been able to preserve their pre-Columbian culture. This includes weaving and also their spiritual and healing modalities. Now that we've covered who the Kiro are, we're really going to get into what exactly they believe in. What does their spiritual tradition look like from the inside? If this is the first time you're tuning into this podcast, let me tell you a little bit about what you can expect. In this podcast, we talk all things high Andean and Amazonian healing traditions of Peru. For nine years, I've been volunteering for various healers, both on the Amazonian and high Andean side of the traditions found in Peru. This podcast is all about me distilling all that experience and all the information I've gathered just being around healers, just volunteering for them so that you can understand what these traditions are all about. Whether you're trying to heal with these traditions and considering it or whether you just want to feel a little closer to these traditions and understanding what they're all about. If you're looking to work with world-renowned healers from the Kiro community, whether it's for alleviating anxiety, depression, or something else that's been kind of bugging you, go ahead and check out traditionalmedicinemiami.com. We'll be happy to connect you. Okay, now let's get started talking about the really cool stuff. What exactly is the Kiro tradition all about? Before we really get down into things, I want to talk to you about how you learn in this tradition because I think it's really important for you to understand this. I remember early on hanging out with the Kiro and I made fast friends with Palcha, who is the daughter of an incredible Kiro healer by the name of Kusikoya. And Palchita and I, I just, I love her to no ends. And so we would hang out a lot and I just watch her and I said, Palchita, how did you learn this tradition? How did you learn everything that you know? And she said, we just watched. We didn't have any books. We didn't have any courses. All we did was just like observe. And um, and that's really kind of how everyone learns. And it just becomes almost like a, a second nature. So that is how I learned. I learned by being a child in this tradition. Something to keep in mind about this tradition is that it has gone through a very long process of refinement, and it has been mastered since pre-Columbian times by very gifted people, and not just people, but an entire society. The Kiro tradition is very mathematical in the way that it approaches energetics and sees the spiritual world. They have been able to simplify incredibly complex concepts in energetics to the absolute bare minimum. And they have been able to simplify these things, which has made them genius and so effective. In addition, every aspect of life for the Kiro has an energetic reason behind it. It has an energetic value that complements the tradition. So whether it is the clothes, the patterns on the clothes, the way that they weave them, whether it is the way that they farm, uh, the food that they eat, or even the social environment that they have created, the culture in, in general, everything was socially engineered to bring the highest energetic benefit to the community. Can you imagine living in a community, living in a society where everything has been engineered specifically to help you reach higher levels of consciousness? 
Can you imagine if even the clothes that you wore were engineered just to protect you energetically, just to help you reach those higher levels of consciousness? Even the food that you ate was cultivated in such a way, farmed in such a way that it not only retained the highest level of nutrition, but also energetics. Even the way that they relate to the earth and they relate to the cosmos is energetically uh, better for human beings. And they've really perfected this. Even the social environment that they had created within their community, meaning how they greet each other, how they relate to each other, how they behaved together was socially engineered so that it would provide the highest level of energetics, which complements and really kind of centers around this tradition. And don't get me wrong when I say social engineering, uh, when we think about things that we do from a modern society, you think, well, I'm going to do this in order to get that. No, no, no. They were really following the wisdom of their hearts. Imagine how much love and how much purity you have to have to just stop and say, wow, Mother Earth, Pachimama, you give so much to me. And you're such a beautiful person. How can I get closer to you? How can I put my ear to the ground and cultivate a relationship with you? The love and the service that that she offers us was so evident to them. And it became something that started to awaken them. And they started to see that the mountains were alive, that the sacred waterfalls were alive, that the sun had a spirit. They were also connecting to the source, to God. They were connecting to everything and they were transcending the limitations of the physical. They were going beyond that and into a spiritual world. Now, it wasn't really so much that they had one foot in the physical and one foot in the spirit world or that they were mystics at all. No, they were simply seeing the world the way it really was. They were able to expand their bandwidth, their abilities as human and cultivate something much richer, something much more powerful. And it all started with heart, with love, with gratitude, with values, with wanting, with a desire to pursue these very beautiful things. And of course, it wouldn't have been possible without Mother Earth and the alliance with sacred mountains and being taught by them. But If it weren't for the heart of the Kiro, of the people that came before them, these things wouldn't be here today. With that wisdom, with that purity, they began to make the right decisions, right? And they were able to see the impact as well. And little by little, they really did social engineer almost, I would say, a perfect society. So like I mentioned, and now you can see, there are no extra parts. They have literally perfected the entire thing all the way around, all the way through. And without understanding that, then you don't really understand how to keep the integrity of that tradition intact. It has to be done this way in order to be able to reach the level of power that this tradition was made to reach. I've heard of many people who, you know, they study a different path and they have to go away to an ashram. They have to go away to some sort of temple, meditation center, some sort of thing like this. And I think about the Kiro and the Kiro uh, never stop living. They have families, they farm, they have parties, they 
do what they need to do. They do their weaving. They have a very full life and they're able to achieve very, very high levels of consciousness. And um, they really just don't work that hard at it. They just work smart. And it goes back to the genius of their community and of their tradition and of their wisdom. So let's talk about the social environment, which is critical. Uh, It's a critical element of the power of this tradition. So as a child in this tradition or a child in any society, the first thing you're going to learn is how to behave. And you're going to learn that by watching and experiencing other people. And like I mentioned in the tradition of the Kiro, the way that people behave has an energetic reason behind it. So the first thing that you're going to notice is that they're sitting in a circle. Nobody's on some sort of weird throne. Nobody's wearing, you know, excessive gold or there is no hierarchy that is evident at all. When they get together to do rituals, when they come together to celebrate, you can see them wearing pretty much the same kind of stuff. Quality, very high quality um, things, pieces that they know how to weave And it could take a year to two years, depending on how big a piece is. But they have the skills um, they were taught in their community to be able to do these things, to be able to look good. And they are all looking really good, royal, all of them. And it's a beautiful thing to see that an entire community could be looking fantastic and all of them looking fantastic. Now, there are people that lead these rituals. There are people that lead the healing sessions, but that is always determined by the coca. So the coca, and I'll explain a little bit more about that, but the coca will determine who is the person that holds that particular skill or whose hand that particular situation will be best in, right? And based on that, people will kind of lead certain rituals or initiations. Regardless of who is leading the ritual, which will usually be two kiros, one male, one female, everybody is asked to join. Whether it is a ritual or an initiation, why? Because harmony, community is a critical element, a critical ingredient in healing, in the power of this tradition. The other beautiful thing about this tradition and the social environment is that Nobody is more privileged than the next person. Everybody has power. Everybody has a mesa. Everybody is in a circle. Everybody is seen for the powerful being that they are. In this tradition, it is custom for grandparent to pass on and initiate grandchild. There's no financial barrier to receiving your initiations. There's no financial barrier to Receive the energetics that you need to flourish and to blossom into your full potential. And everybody in the community is basically being always fed. This is almost like a right in the community. And so what does that mean? It's an it's, it's a entire community of people that are empowered. There isn't a single high priest or something that everybody has to go through. No, 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 no. Everybody has power. Everybody is given the water and the nutrients that they need to blossom, to develop their medicine, to develop their vocation in this world and in that community. So we did go over the importance of love 
and how it's basically the seed of this tradition without love, without these um, desires to, to be grateful, to take part and reach out to nature, um, this wouldn't have been possible. The second element that really helped the Kiro reach these levels of, of consciousness was the way that they built their own communities. And that means that uh, the clothes that they wore, the way that they um, arranged social environments, the way that everything is in their community is really, it's very helpful to, to reaching new levels of consciousness. Now, there's also a third pillar um, in terms of what, where the power of this tradition lies, and the 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 very important one is is the alliance that the Kiro were able to make with Pachimama, Mother Earth, and the Apus, Sacred Mountains. Now, uh, I'll definitely go into that, but maybe perhaps you've heard about Amazonian healers and the alliance that they make with plants, with sacred plants in the Amazon. Now. In order to, to do this, in order to allow these plants to become your teachers and to work together uh, for the betterment of people and to build alliance with these plants, you have to ingest them because not most, most people don't speak plant. So when you ingest them, you're able to communicate. And when you ingest them uh, together, you start to, to work together. And the first thing that they'll start to do is basically make sure that your energetic body can 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 start to develop into a healer's energetic body in order to do really good healing you have to it, it's it, you have to prepare your body uh, energetically and in all sorts of ways um in in a, in the same way that healers in the amazon work with sacred plants um the kiro work with sacred mountains and although the Kiro don't diet them. They're not putting rocks in their mouth. Um, they do go through a very similar energetic process where the sacred mountain will enter the field uh, of that person and help restructure the energetics so that they could reach higher levels of consciousness. Um, there is a process in how uh, you decide or how it is decided what mountain uh, will work with you as well as the plants as well. But uh, I'm not really going to get into that, but I, I will let you know that that's kind of how how it works. And um, without the help and the guidance of these sacred mountains, um, it, it just wouldn't be possible along with Mother Earth. Uh, I have, my best friend is a, a geologist. Uh, she's studying to be a geologist, and I love hearing about mountains from her. And basically, mountains are a library of, of information regarding the history of this earth and they've been around for <laughs> a very long time um and that is basically um it tells you a lot about their energetics but they uh they're very much alive <laughs> um just like a tree is alive i think most of us don't uh, have that ability because we just we grew up in a different kind of world but um, walking in this tradition, I've I've met mountains and they are very much alive. <laughs> so when you start walking, you start to understand that. And I've also um, been introduced to sacred plants and they're absolutely alive and amazing beings that are really there, all of them, 
uh, and Mother Earth are really seeing a struggle as a human race, and they've always been there for us. Why? Because they are beautiful, <laughs> but also they are um, their family, and also we're we're in the same boat together here on Earth. Um, so it is to everyone's benefit for us to do better, for us to heal. But I, I could tell you they, they, they genuinely, I mean, the love that they have is, is uh, unimaginable. You would have to experience it. Maybe one day I'll talk more about it. But um, so that is really kind of it. I hope that you uh, were able to understand a little bit more about where this tradition gains its power uh, what we consider power in this tradition is the ability to hold love no matter what and be able to um, and be able to hold space for healing. They also gain power from the way that they structure community life. They really walk the walk and talk the talk. <laughs> they don't just say things. They, they really live it and they live all aspects of their life in that um, in those values. And that is is really helpful in reaching new heights of consciousness and again the alliance with mother nature and the sacred mountains without them it wouldn't be possible to do these things either so i hope that you enjoyed this episode and um i look forward to seeing all of you soon if you haven't checked us out on instagram go ahead to traditional medicine miami and follow us let's keep in touch uh if you have any comments go ahead and shoot them my way if you want to check out maybe possibly having healing go ahead and check out traditionalmedicinemiami.com and we'll be sure to help you out in any way we can thank you so much again for tuning in and i look forward to the next time we meet